this morning, Jeremiah chapter 37. Jeremiah chapter 37, verse 14, we begin to read. Jeremiah chapter 37, verse 14. Then said Jeremiah, it is false. I fall not away to the Chaldeans. But he hearkened not to him, so Ajijah took Jeremiah and brought him to the princes. Wherefore the princes were wroth with Jeremiah and smote him and put him in prison in the house of Jonathan the scribe, for they had made that the prison. When Jeremiah was entered into the dungeons and into the cabins, And Jeremiah had remained there many days. Then Zedekiah, the king, sent and took him out. And the king asked him secretly in his house and said, Is there any word from the Lord? And Jeremiah said, There is. He said, There is a word from the Lord. For, said he, Thou shalt be delivered into the hand of the king of Babylon. Now that was the same word he had given him for many, many years. He said, there is a word from God, but it's the same word that you received before. They got so mad that they put him in prison. The question comes here in verse 17, is there any word from the Lord? What a question coming from Uh, a desperate king at a desperate hour. He was now surrounded by the Babylonian army. They were fixing to move in upon the city. Things became so strained in that day that a piece of bread was at a premium. And uh, things got pretty bad. And as you read tradition along with The biblical account of it, it got so bad that they boiled their children and ate them. It was desperation inside of the city. Jeremiah had faithfully warned and pleaded and entreated the people to return to God for over 30 years. Now he was seeing all hope gone. And the Babylonians were coming in to take them away off into the Babylonian captivity. Jeremiah was with them. How faithful he had been as a prophet and a preacher to the people to declare God's word in season and out of season. He kept telling them not to listen to the false prophets, which were they were prophesying smooth things. They said everything's all right. Everything's rosy, and the nation's getting along fine, and there's nothing to be upset about. But here was Jeremiah saying, one day the Babylonians are coming, they're going to take you off. They come and put hooks in your nose and carry you off into captivity. That's what's going to happen. And they hated the message of this prophet so much that they put him in prison. Now, the opposition, those who hated his message, were watching 
for something so they could uh, uh, get back at this great prophet. They found it here in the text in which we find ourselves this morning. Their count is this, that Jeremiah had watched the thing and it was going downhill and at a moment in his life he figured that he'd go through the gate of Benjamin and go back home where he was a priest in the land of Benjamin. Not only a prophet but a priest. And he wanted to go there and be home when the Babylonians came, he knew they may kill everybody inside the city. And so he went to the gate, and while he was there, one of the captain of the guards saw him, and you find him here in verse 14. Ahijah took Jeremiah and brought him to the prince. And he accused him of trying to slip off to the side of the Chaldeans. He said, you're, you're giving away to them. So the enemy now had found something they could accuse Jeremiah, and so they brought him before the king, and he was put in prison. And it says many days, we don't know how long that was. Could have been many, many days. But the day came when this old king had to have some knowledge from God Often when God's prophets have been persecuted across the country and through history, there comes a day when even the enemy has to come and find out a word from God. And so this old king had to know because the enemy was surrounding them and kept moving in upon the city. And nobody could go out to get food and nobody could bring food inside. So all they had was what was within the city for the people. And that was running out. And so <clears throat> this old king, instead of following uh, good king Hezekiah, which was in his family down the line, grandfather, and Josiah, his father, as you remember, set in motion great reforms and great revival before his day. Josiah was the one who found the word of God in the temple and set it and set in order the things of God once again, had all the trash carried out of the house of God and set worship up again. Now, this, this uh, king... Eleven years of his reign now, Zedekiah, and here they are in great desperation, great desperation. And so <clears throat> old Jeremiah thought, well, I'll, it's the, the thing's about over, and if I could find just a few days' rest before they come and take us, I'd go back to the land of Benjamin. <clears throat> But it was a step ahead in the will of God. We have to be careful how we step. We may step ahead of God. We're not to go ahead and we're not to lag behind. And so this is the one problem in the life of every child of God. We must watch God's will for our life. 
God still had things for this prophet to do, and therefore uh, the Lord allowed this, and here he was, and being put into the prisons. Now, this wasn't the worst thing that happened to it. He was in the household of, of uh, Jonathan the scribe, which was, they made a prison out of a house. Later on, Jeremiah is going to, after he gives this answer now to this king, that <clears throat> there is a word from God, but it's the same word I've been giving you, the Babylonians are coming. And after the king heard that, then <clears throat> the enemies, of course, moved in against Jer- Jeremiah, and he is put in a in a miry pit, put down into a miry pit, and left there. And of course, he was delivered. And uh, by the way, he's delivered by a black man. God used a black man to deliver him. You never know who God's going to use to help you (laughs) in your desperation. And so as you read this account, you'll see this is so. But here he is before the king, and here's an old, proud, haughty king. Now has to bow down, uh, bow a little bit, and ask in secret, it says. Is there any word from God? Well, he gave him the right word. There was no padding of it. There was no effort to hide the truth, no dodging to please the king. He didn't make a flowery speech. He just said, there is. It's the same word that I've been giving you. Same word. Well, the old king's heart was touched a little bit. He made a degree here. He said as long as there's a piece of bread in the baker's street, I want Jeremiah to get a piece of it. So that took care of his food. He could get a piece of bread. A piece of bread was at a premium now. And the king said that this prophet whom he hated his message he knew there was something to it, and he allowed a piece of bread to be given to Jeremiah. Now, that's the background of what we read to you. That's the background. We're coming now to the text and the application of it. So, it makes application to us this morning. Is there any word from the Lord? There's a word to our nation this morning. <clears throat> The Bible says the wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. So the word to this nation this morning is the word return to God. Return to God. If there's any word from the Lord, it's that word. Return, return to God. And then there's a word to the churches. It's given in Revelation 2 and 3, chapters 2 and 3. That word is repent. Repent. To the nation, return. To the churches, repent. And then there's a word to the individuals. This is what I want to dwell on this morning. That word is respond. 
respond. There's a word to the troubled heart this morning. It may be in this building. Turn to Isaiah in the book of Isaiah at chapter 43. Isaiah 43. <coughs> listen, listen to this word. <coughs> but now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee, I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee, and through the rivers, they <coughs> shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopia and Seber for thee. There's a word to the trouble this morning. And here it is in Isaiah 43, 1 through 3. This is a day when folks are troubled. Troubled. Heart and soul are troubled in this day. Uh, <clears throat> seeking peace in the world, never finding it. Restlessness is everywhere. Folks are never satisfied. They're continually, continually seeking something else. Think of the goodness of God expressed to this nation and yet <clears throat> we're people that are never satisfied we're restless a restless people here's a word to the trouble it can be found only in Jesus did you know your heart is made so to never find rest except in Jesus that's the only place you'll ever find rest <clears throat> here's something disturbing over 6,000 reported yearly of <clears throat> teenage suicides. That's the ones reported. Over 2 million between the age of 13 to 19 attempt suicide every year. Think of that. Think of that. Life just beginning and ready to end it. We live in a troubled world. We really do. We must give them a word from the Lord that's an anchor in the time of storm. If you're in this building, you're troubled this morning, there is a word from the Lord to you. And he can give peace to you. And he can be near you. And then <clears throat> there's a word from the Lord to the bereaved this morning. And uh, there's some of you, recent times, you've gone through times of bereavement. In John 14, he says, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, 
there you may be also. This passage in John 14 is a passage that has helped those in time of bereavement. I often think of the saved in time of bereavement and an anchor of the soul that comes. And God's people realize that Jesus has gone there to the fireplace for them and it's an anchor when bereavement comes to your house. Maybe it hasn't come yet to your family, but it will. It will. It'll find you. And uh, this world is like that. And then, of course, the passage in Second Corinthians 5, where it says to be absent from the Lord, uh, absent <coughs> from uh, this earth is to be present with the Lord. Be absent from the body is present with the Lord. That means to depart this body and go immediately to be with him. And then turn it over a little bit, not only to the saved, what about the unsaved? In the hour of death. In the hour of death. In the time of death, their hearts are crushed. Crushed. <coughs> what time the plumber was here, uh, the first night he came, I began to witness to him a little bit. He told me that he said, my heart is great to trust. He said, I just lost my best friend. And he lived next door. And he went on to tell all about his friend. He was greatly disturbed. Listen, it is something, it is something tremendous to die without Christ. You know that? It is a tremendous thing to die without Christ. Not to know Him. It's a terrible, terrible thing. Think of it another year, and still Christ is not in the heart. Another year passed, the goodness of God towards you and your family, and yet Christ is not in the heart. I forgot about this thing. The little one went out. And this one's on, so I'm still walking around. <clears throat> Nothing will take the place of knowing that you're saved. Nothing. I mean at night when you begin to cut out the lights and you cut out the last one and look up through the darkness, there's nothing that will take the place of knowing that if you died, you'd go to be with the Lord. Nothing could take the place of that. Boy, what a word from God that comes in assuring your heart that if you died, you'd go to heaven. I think of the, of the children's prayer, uh, Now lay me down to sleep. Pray the Lord, my soul, to keep. If I should die... Before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. <clears throat> there was a, a lady when Robin was little that made uh, uh, one of these, uh, well, this little prayer. And uh, it was 
broad bridge on it, I guess. Cross stitch. Cross stitch. I get it right. And it was put in a frame, and we we have it, and it uh, has this little prayer upon it. Now listen, it has to do with life and death. That's good to teach boys and girls something about life and death. What about adults? Boy, they ought to take note of this. And then there's a word from the Lord to those that are tempted. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. We'll be dealing with this chapter on Wednesday night more fully. But here in 1 Corinthians at chapter 10, <clears throat> verse 12 and 13. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. There had no temptation taken you but such as common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able and will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. <clears throat> now, here is a word to the tempted. Perhaps you're being faced daily, continually with that type of temptation as it comes your way. It says here that you can be taken by it. And uh, perhaps you feel hemmed in and surrounded and locked up. Know this, that there is a way out. There is a way of escape. What a word from God that he has a way of escape in every temptation that comes. I think of the dope traffic and the liquor traffic in our day that's facing this nation, how terrible it is. Doesn't seem to be anything that folks can do and the police are up to their necks in trying to get it straightened out and it's a terrible thing. There's so much money involved in it and uh, officers and the high officials have been bribed and all this kind of stuff. We're in a terrible mess in this type of thing. Dope and liquor traffic. The lust and pleasures of this world. Scarlet sin and its consequences. The Bible still says this. The way of a transgressor is hard. The way of a transgressor is hard. Now, if you, if you think it's hard being a Christian, why, think about those who traffic in these things and what becomes of them. And uh, you say, well, they have great piles of money. Yes, they do. But think of how they live and what they have to live with. And uh, facing this every day of their life. Oh, listen, the way of a transgressor is hard. God has made it that way, and uh, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. Here he says there's a way of deliverance. It's common to man. He says he makes a way 
uh, of escape of those things that come to all common to man and yet not to be tempted above that you're able <clears throat> notice God has it under control he has temptation under control now temptations come from the devil and the flesh trials come from God trials come from him there's a difference you're not to be tempted above that you're able and he says will with the temptation make a way to escape sometime we get to the place where we feel like we're cornered and there's no way out in every temptation the devil has to leave a way out that's what it says right here it says also make a way to escape <clears throat> will with temptation also make a way to escape must be a door left open the devil cannot close all the doors on a child of God now the unsaved is a different thing he comes and takes them captive at his will when he gets ready he's come takes them scripture says that so here's a word to those that are tempted as believers there is a way of escape and the devil must leave the door open and then <clears throat> there's a word to the uncertain second Timothy chapter 1 and down in verse 12 listen to it for the which cause I also suffered these things nevertheless I am not ashamed for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day here he's saying to the uncertain you can be certain you can be sure there's a steadfastness about the Christian life and about knowing the Lord and he's talking about things that are unmovable unmovable many voices coming our way but there is a belief of the gospel <clears throat> facts and then there's a decision that takes place in the will and there's a committal of the life he's talking about committing ourselves to him now as you fix the Christmas cards and you getting ready to mail them and you put the stamp on there and uh, you put it in the box you commit it to the box if you don't put it in the box it'll never get there it has to go in the box then you don't have anything to do with it. That it gets there, I've seen it gets there. Burn won't have to deliver those. You get tired. Now listen, you deposit it in the box. That's the word that's used in the Greek language. Committed is deposited to him against that day. 
everything you've committed to him, he keeps against that day. And the word keep is to guard, put a put a garrison around. He puts a garrison around that. Sometimes the devil comes and he says, Oh, here's these other things, he comes bring them up, sits right on his shoulder. Remember this verse here to the uncertain. There is assurance. God takes care of it. And you those things you committed to him, he's taking care of it. So remember this verse in the time of uncertainty. Uncertainty. <clears throat> to those that are uncertain. To the persecuted, there's a word this morning. You say, preacher, surely nobody's being persecuted among this little group. Well, you don't know. You don't know. I give this word. It's found in Ma- Matthew chapter 5. And verse 10. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Boy, that's a big pill to swallow. He said, happy are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely. Notice that's the key word. For my sake. That's the key. Falsely for my sake. Verse 12. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. He said, you're not by yourself. You've been persecuted. Why, they persecuted the prophets ahead of you. There's others. Sometimes when we're being persecuted, uh, we get to thinking, well, we're the only ones gone through this. No, he says, others have gone through this ahead of you. Remember that. I think of Mr. Spurgeon, who was in great turmoil most of his life in the ministry because of the fact that the news uh, papers in that day uh, they didn't have the television uh, to come and take pictures and have and show that but what they do they sit in his audience and they'd take down uh, things that he'd say and then they'd twist it around and then they'd draw pictures of it and make all kinds of fun of it. They put this in the paper continually. This was something that got to his heart. Kept It got to his heart. <clears throat> in a great crowd of 20,000 people who came to hear him preach, a man stood up and cried, Fire! Fire! And the people ran over and seven people were trampled to death. People trying to get out of the building. Newspapers that are hated. Mr. Spurgeon went in his room and uh, wouldn't come out. Stayed for weeks. Finally, he went to sleep. Sleeping, his wife went in and on the ceiling above where he was sleeping, she had made a big poster. 
of this verse. Blessed are you when you're persecuted. And she pinned it to the top of the seat. So when he awoke, that's the first thing he had said. He came out of that and went strong from then on. Then I think of this, it says here, falsely. Remember that. He said, rejoice, exceedingly glad. You'll have a great reward, you're not alone. And then in Matthew 6, there's a word to the fearful. In verse 25, our Lord begins to talk concerning the things in this life. He says in verse 25, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, or yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not life more than meat, and the body more than raiment? He said material things are all right, but that's not the heart of life. He said, Behold the fowls of the air, the birds, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather in the barns, and yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. I might add squirrels. I looked out this morning, and you've never seen so many squirrels out here in these trees. And he says, Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Think of that, the wild lilies. He said that's a more beautiful and Solomon in all of his dress. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today, which today, today is, and tomorrow's cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe ye, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewith shall we be clothed? For after these things do Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And watch this. And all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for tomorrow. For tomorrow take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. He said, this, you have to take one day at a time. If you get two, it'll be more than you can handle. One day at a time. To the fearful, to the fearful. Missionary who stands on the record as one of the great missionaries was a crippled lady. Her name was Amy Carmichael. Sickly most of her life. She had two mottos as they came to her room. She ministered to the people in India. 
She had two mottos. The first motto said this as you come into her head. Be thankful. On the other side of the room was another one. Fear not. <laughs> Be thankful and fear not. And then when you turn to leave, to go out the door, before you left her house, there was another plaque. It said this, I know. I know. Then there's a word from the Lord to the unsaved. Go back to the book of Jeremiah. Perhaps the saddest words of a preacher had to say to those who heard him preach. He preached, as you know, some 30 years and more to the nation before they went into captivity. Jeremiah chapter 8 and verse 20. Boy, these are sad words. Listen to them. Here's a word to the unsaved this morning. The harvest is past. The summer's ended. And we're not saved. Here they were, still shut up inside of the city. They said the harvest is past. We can't get out to get any more food. The summer's ending. We're still not delivered. But I'm glad I can add something to that this morning to you, the word to the unseen. There is a way of deliverance. Even though the great Babylonian uh, is standing in the background, Satan, ready to pounce upon us, yet there's one that can deliver. The Lord Jesus Christ, as you trust him, he'll save you today. You can be saved and know him for certainty in your heart. And know that you're going to heaven. Wouldn't you like to know that you're going to heaven when you die? 